Welcome to the Perfectly Preserved Podcast. I'm your host, Jenny Gomes. And I'm Anna Cash. Here, we come together to bring you a podcast all about preserving food safely, easily, and dare I say perfectly at home. We are master food preservers, moms, wives, and we love talking about canning. We've decided the world needs a podcast that shares up-to-date, modern, safe information about canning, dehydrating, freezing, freeze-drying, and more. We answer listener questions, teach beginner and intermediate techniques, and share our very best tips for preserving successfully. We'll show you how to find trusted recipes, sources, and more so you never have to second-guess your preserving practices again. Ready to can like a master preserver? Let's get into today's episode. Welcome back to another episode of the Perfectly Preserved Podcast. I'm Jenny, and I'm here with my co-host, Anna, and we are diving in and going to teach you all about steaming and canning juice. So this is another very useful way of preserving food, and I think it really lends itself to mom life. It was one of the early things that I learned how to preserve when my kids were really small, and it's a really effective way of preserving and just stocking your pantry with something that you'll really use and really go through. And it's also one of those things you probably can't can enough of. We said in a previous episode, you can't can enough bone broth. And I think it's true of fruit juice. I think once you start canning fruit juice, you probably will really love it and want to can more every year. So Anna, can you tell us a little bit about why you can fruit juice? Yeah. So I started canning fruit juice because grapes grow really well in my area. And I had, uh, my in-laws had Concord grapes, just Mm. an abundance. And I was Mm. like, all of these are going to go to waste if I don't do something with them. And steam juicing was a way to like use up a large amount of produce to get a product that I could use and can and we would drink. Awesome. So Let's clarify for our listeners, there's a couple ways that you can extract juice from your preserving product. And the one that we wanted to explain in detail, I mean, we're going to explain everything, but to explain really thoroughly is how to steam. And by doing so, you can release the juice in foods like Concord grapes or regular grapes, elderberries, you did red currants and other fruit. Am I missing any, Anna? I've done apricots before, but I I don't know that I would suggest apricots just because you can can them really easily. And I would almost do that rather than steam juice them. But I, I specifically like doing steam juicing for items that are a pain to take off of stems or are very small, like the red currants. I was super glad to use my steam juicer on that. That's a great point. It's it is super ideal like for elderberries, if you've never seen an elderberry or a red currant, they're itty bitty teeny tiny berries, just thousands of them on one branch, right? And you can put the whole, you know, stem or twig or cluster right in the steamer and you have boiling water below and a lid on top and that steam releases the juice and then all the juice falls into this middle third, I guess you'd call it. And we'll link a good example of a steam juicer that we like in the show notes. And that is where that juice is collected. And then it, like the only ones I've ever used have a hose coming out the side. Is that how yours are, Anna? Yeah, exactly. It's like a rubber tube and there's a clamp on the end so that the juice doesn't come out, you know, and I put it, just put it in a 
glass jar on the counter while it's steaming. And then if I get my steam juicer secondhand, a couple of them I have, I almost always replace the rubber hose just because over time it will crack and yellow and not be as good. It's only a couple dollars to change it out. So I recommend doing that if you find it secondhand. That's a great tip. Anna, where did you find the tubing to replace the replacement tubing if for our listeners who find or get an older or used steamer? Yeah. So in my area, I have the best store called Smith and Edwards. It's a giant farm store. They also have like camping and hunting gear, all of that, but they have like the largest selection of canning supplies in the state of Utah. Um, And there are two locations, one in North Ogden area, and then one down in Salt Lake area. And it's, I want to say it's only like three or $4 to replace. They also have clamps there. They have replacement parts for just about any canning supply. I'm sure you could also find it online, uh, maybe at a local kitchen store, but that's where I get mine. What about you? Where do you find replacement parts for your stuff? So I was encouraged by my dad, who, among other interests, was a home brewer in college and a brewmaster when I was a small child, a homebrew shop where they sell supplies to make beer and wine at home is a great place to get tubing, the little fittings that connect the tube to the side of the steamer, the little clamps. They also sell that type of food grade tubing. So that is where I I sourced mine. But yeah, you can get a a thrifted steamer and then make quick work of replacing the the hose. That's an easy thing. But what other equipment do you use for steaming? Do you use anything else? I'm trying to think. I mean, not really. I just, when I do my steam juicing, and we can talk about the process um, in a minute, but like, I always make sure I have a really sturdy stool Mm. that I put my jars on or a lower table than my oven because I hate having to tip the steam juicer to try to get the juice out. It's just like kind of a precarious, um, you don't want to burn yourself with the juice. And so you have to be careful. So I always make sure I have a really sturdy stool underneath that I can put maybe like a towel on or some, well, I I guess I wouldn't do a towel, but like some kind of sturdy thing that I can put my jars on so that the gravity can come down the tool right into the jars. Right. So what Anna's describing is, so the steam is boiling in the bottom third of the steamer and the berries are in the top third. There's a three-part pot, right? And then in the middle where your hose is connecting, the juice is being collected and it is easy if you have your setup right that gravity will just allow that juice to come right out straight into jars or into a some sort of receptacle of your choice but you just want to have this is one of the only times i use the front burner on my stove so that it's easy for the hose to just drape down the front of my cook stove and onto a stool or sometimes i just have it like the pot is just on the floor on a hot pad So that's something you got to think about before you probably get started is just how am I going to set up my kitchen so that everything's safe and this boiling hot juice isn't going to be spilling and you don't want to have to lift this heavy pot up and tip it to get the juice out really. I mean, it would be, it'd be ideal if you didn't have to. So that's something to think about. I'm glad we thought to mention that. So take us through the process, Anna, of steaming. Yeah. So I love that you mentioned to like get 
get yourself prepared before you start because it's something that you don't want to think about while you're pouring (laughs) this super hot juice into a jar and just think, oh my gosh, I should have warmed up my jars. I should have thought about where I'm going to set them. I should have grabbed a oven mitt. Like all of these things are definite things you need to think about before you start. So like Jenny said, it's a three-part system. The pot is in the top is a hopper that you put all of your produce in and it's got a bunch of holes in it like a colander. So I actually will take that top part out, put my produce in like my grapes or whatever, set it in the sink and really wash it good. Good idea. Wash it really well to remove any anything that might be on there like dirt or whatever because I don't want that going into my juice. So I make sure that that's clean in that hopper pot. Then I put it back on and in the basin, the bottom third part is mm-hmm. going to be a place where you put your water. There should be a fill line, but you'll want to put in enough water that you can boil it for about 45 minutes. I've heard of people adding little marbles to the bottom. So in case the water does start to run out, you can hear the marbles start to skip across the metal bottom of your steam juicer. And I thought that was a really smart thing to do because sometimes you're doing it for a while and you forget to fill up that uh, basin in the bottom where you add your water. That is the same issue that steam canners face. You have this sort of shallow reservoir and in a steam canner, which is similar in size, it's not the exact same capacity as a steam juicer, but uh, similar, you have about 45 minutes. That's the limit before that water runs out. And I have never done the marble thing in either a steam canner or in just a steam juicer, but both of those devices would benefit from using a marble. Then you'll know for sure if you're t- if you're running out of water. Go ahead, Anna. Yeah. So then I usually uh, steam my produce. I get it really boiling hard for about forty five minutes. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a lid on the top so that the juice doesn't release or the steam doesn't go away. It just stays right on the produce. And one thing that every single book that I've read about steam juicing is that you don't want to push down on your produce to try and get more juice extracted. Just like with jelly, you can't make a clear juice or a clear jelly. If you push that that sediment through, it will go through into your juice. That's a great tip. And now a quick word about our courses. Want to learn more about canning? Check out our video courses. Anna's beginner and advanced canning courses are available at smarthomecanning.com. And Jenny teaches a variety of courses, including the super fast steam canning course at startcanning.com. Use code POD25 to get 25% off those courses today. That's code POD25 to get 25% off today. What's the next step for you, Jenny? After it's hot and you've you steamed all the juice out, what do you do next? I have never allowed the juice to go straight into the canning jar, but I suppose I could have, but I've never done that. But the next step, once you have all this juice extracted, is you can begin the canning process, which which also could occur. Like you could do it immediately, or you could do it the next day. You could do it in several days. Oftentimes, for me. I break this process into two days just because I 
I just don't have tons and tons of uninterrupted time. But the next step is to take all that juice out of that middle reservoir by releasing it via the hose into some sort of large pot. I usually just use a big stock pot or whatever. And then when I am ready to can, either right away or in a few days, I bring that up to a boil. And as soon as it's hot, then you can ladle it into your clean and ready um, canning jars and then process. So it is, it's actually, I feel like steam juicing, it takes a little bit of time and you got to think about how you set up your kitchen and you have to have the steam juicer, of course, but it's not a very labor intensive thing. And it saves you from having to pick all those little itty bitty berries or grapes or whatever off of the stem and seed them like it it removes a lot of the labor i think and just gives you the chance to just just let it happen but i mean the steam is doing all the work for you yeah when i was telling my dad about this steam juicer that i was making grape juice with he was mm-hmm. like oh my my mom actually just put the grapes right into a jar washed them put them in a jar with water and sugar and then can them. And then when you go to drink it, you kind of shake it up and then um, strain the grapes out, which I thought was an interesting way to do it. Um, I prefer my method because it's a little less labor intensive. Sure. That's sweet. That's a sweet old fashioned thing. I know that when I was canning a lot of juice for when my kids were little, I mean, a little sidebar, if you start looking at, if your kids are drinking juice, and you start looking at like the cost of buying organic juice and or the the added sugar that's in a lot of juices or how there's like no fruit at all in any, in some of these juices it's actually a really mom friendly thing to can but what i would do is i would water it down i would cut it and my husband makes jokes about me being like a like a drug dealer like i cut <laughs> cut their juice so it's half water but <laughs> but i would i would cut it every time because you know, I'm happy to like give my kids juice or whatever. It's fine in, in moderation, but I I just wanted it to go farther. So I would can it cut, which did take more batches and more jars and more pantry space. But it was just very easy for me to just like, oh, I've got, I don't know, like four quarts in in my stock pot here. I'll just add half water. And then I just had <laughs> double the juice. But of course, you could cut it upon opening the jar too. I, Anna, I want us to talk a little bit about two other popular types of juices, apple and tomato. Do you want to talk about tomato and share a little bit about juicing tomatoes? Sure. I mean, so I personally have never canned tomato juice because I think it's gross, but my husband loves it. And oh. so I might think about it. But tomato juice, since it is a tomato product, you do need to process it longer than you do like a clear apple juice. Mm-hmm. They also recommend like putting it through a sieve or a food mill to remove the skins and the seeds, and then also adding lemon juice or citric acid to your jars, which is different than other fruit juices, just to make sure that you have the right acid content. But processing in your boiling water bath canner or in your pressure canner is is longer than juices. It's going to be about from 35 minutes to 50 minutes, depending on your altitude mm-hmm. for tomato juice. So do you guys do tomato juice? Those were great tips, Anna. I have canned tomato juice, yes. And there's several different ways that you can go about juicing them. And a good method 
is to use the juice that just accumulates while you're processing tomatoes for other recipes. So sometimes you're you have juice collecting on your cutting board and juice when you're cutting. You can just like slowly collect the juice. If you're doing a big batch of, let's say, diced tomatoes or tomato puree, there's all kinds of ways that you end up with tomato juice and you can save and preserve that. Or you can core and basically like just just boil your tomatoes and then puree that through. I use a food mill, so it removes the skins and seeds. And then that's more like a thicker, I mean, I guess all tomato juice is pretty thick. It's kind of like you're making like a tomato smoothie. And I know that sounds really gross, but (laughs) but that it's, I mean, it's the thing that you would want to learn how to can if you want to have tomato juice on hand for, well, there's a variety of recipes that you would cook with tomato juice. And you also could use it in the uber popular Bloody Mary. So I would say that there are a variety, and I know that there are a variety of approved methods for extracting that juice from tomatoes. I like the boiling them for a while until they're really soft and then running them through the food mill because then you just, in one whack, you have all the seeds and skins removed. But definitely be sure to add citric acid, lemon juice, or vinegar, an acidifying ingredient to your jars when you're doing tomato juice. Apple juice, I wanted to share a little bit about. I have canned a lot of apple juice, um, which I've done because our family ranch has a bunch of apple trees, and that's a pretty great thing. I have used uh, an apple press, and that is a great thing to access. Like, Not everybody can own one, right? But if you can find someone that has one that you can borrow, or there's places that will, you know, you could you could source one temporarily. The process yields like it just crushes in a really brutal fashion, just crushes the apples and then the juice uh, flows out the side. And then the process is just that you warm it up to boiling and then you can it like normal, right? But if you're going to go forward and begin this apple juice canning process, just know you're going to have a bunch of apple pulp left. And to me, it would have been wasteful to do nothing with that crushed apple. So I use it to make apple sauce. So that's like when you get these canning projects that are multi-burner, a lot of labor. You've got a couple things going at once. You're doing the juice. You got the pulp. And I use the crushed apples in a saucepan and uh, uh, cook them through and then ran them through a food mill because once they're crushed, right, you can't it's too late to have peeled them, right? So you got to get the seeds and skins out some way. So that's what I did. Yeah, It was every bit as delicious. I thought it was very good. But that is how I have done apple juice. Anna, have you done apple juice? I have never canned apple juice. So we ha- also have a, an apple press and we have just drank the juice. I, I We didn't have a ton, ton of apples. We also, when I was running my school garden, we used it like at a fall event and people would buy the apple juice, the apple juice, fresh apple juice. Mm-hmm. But I've seen people who have frozen it before, but I have never canned it. I would love to have canned apple juice on hand because I love drinking apple juice. It really keeps that fresh apple flavor pretty well. I, I think it's a very good canned product. And for all of these, I just wanted to mention too, you could strain all your juice. Like if you if you want an especially clear juice, I have found that with my home 
canned and home crushed apple juice, I thought it, it's not as clear as what's in the grocery store. It's not. And if that is important to you, you can strain it through a cheesecloth and that will remove some of that cloudiness. But if yours is cloudy, that doesn't mean that something is wrong. It's just uh, part of the natural process. But I think the last thing that we wanted to mention was the times for these. Anna, do you want to share the processing times for fruit juices? Yeah, fruit juices is pretty fast. I think it's five minutes for below 1,000 feet in elevation. And then 1,000 to 6,000 is 10 minutes. And then 15 minutes if you're above 6,000 feet in elevation, which is so fast and so great. And it's because juice is like the heat penetrates really quickly. So it heats up super fast, kills any spoilers that might be in there. So I I love doing juice. And juice is high acid. So that's another really easy, comfortable, early preservation project for someone. Um, You don't have to worry about adding the acidifying ingredient if you're doing uh, a fruit juice. And other than acquiring the actual juicer, I feel like it's a very easy, beginner-friendly recipe. But remember, tomato juice is is longer. And there are several approved ways of doing tomato juice. But just know that an approved tomato recipe tomato juice recipe will have the addition of an acidifying ingredient. And we have a podcast episode all about canning tomatoes. If you want to learn more about diet, just diving deep into tomatoes and doing tomatoes correctly. You can definitely check that out too. Yeah. I love it. I love steam juicing. I think it's a really underutilized tool in a food preserver's kitchen. Uh, I totally agree. It's, it's a really, really great technique And I think it's a great pantry staple and it's great to be able to have the flexibility of just grabbing juice to go and or like like I did, especially when the kids are little, just cut it with water and just be thrifty like that. But thanks again for another great episode, everyone. I hope that you guys loved it and be sure to share it with a friend if you found it to be useful. That's our show. We don't want you to miss an episode, so please be sure to subscribe. If you found this episode helpful and informative, please give our show a rating and review. It only takes a few seconds and it really helps our show grow. Follow us on social media at Smart Home Canning and at The Domestic Wildflower. Email your preserving questions to perfectlypreservedpodcast at gmail.com and we will do our best to answer your questions on the show. Thanks so much for listening. Stay tuned for our next episode released every week.